The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio Pop Culture On Demand. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fox's Scream Queens. Please welcome my co-hosts, Prince Rico Suave. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? What's, what's, what's poppin'? And Priscilla Rocha. My opening is not as funny as that, or as awesome, but hey guys, what's up? There you go. So <laughs> listeners, it's the three of us. I'm joined by PP, P-squared, the two P's that co-host the show. That usually doesn't sound good at all. I know, there's, no, there's not a sexy way to say P times two, but... Well, we could do P number one and P number two like the Chanel's. Oh, there you go. I, I think Priscilla's P number one. I don't well, know which damn. is better or which is worse. I know, right? <laughs> there you go. So let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 3, which is titled Handed It, and aired October 11th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Determined to find out who the killer is, Dean Munch, Denise, and the Chanel's question Hester, as well as the sole survivor of the Halloween massacre. Chad accuses Brock of being the killer and makes a shocking proposal to Chanel. Meanwhile, a new patient with an outrageous disorder leads Chanel number three and Cassidy to grow closer. And another victim crashes a celebration. All right, let's get into it. I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode, and we'll start off with P number one, Priscilla. Thank you. Um, all of the episodes before this have been kind of like quick paced, and like I liked the huge amount of deaths. Shout out to Wilson. But um, this one felt slow to me for some reason. Maybe it's because like it was one death at the beginning and one death at the end, and they don't really matter because they're just people that you met for like five seconds as new patients. But I don't know. This, this this episode didn't do it for me. All right. What about you, P number two? 
Well, I will agree with Priscilla in the sense that it was a filler episode. I think maybe the little gap, how we already went on a break for a moment, that might have played into, like, Priscilla's, like, feelings towards the episode. Because, like, at this point, last year, we would have already been further. But because of the debate and all that crap, we had to take a pause. So it kind of feels like we should be further in the story than where we actually are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you feel like the break sort of stopped the hype? Yeah. Uh, Like, I think it kind of a little pause onto it. I think, you know, the momentum will gradually grow back as, you know, we go back into it. But I do feel like these little breaks might give it like little hiccups because we didn't have to really endure them as much last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get that. I enjoyed the episode. I'm really enjoying the season as a whole. I I, I liked what we saw. Uh, it was it filler e. I can agree a little bit with that. I, I feel like they were wrapping up some loose ends from last season, in a sense, a little bit. In, in particular, because of uh, one of the characters and what happened to the character at the end. And I did enjoy some of uh, the backstory, uh, the little bit of backstory that we got about the Green Meanie and the massacre and uh, the deaths that we did see, I thought were really spectacular, especially the the one that happens uh, towards the end of the episode uh, with, with uh, a new character is what I'll say. So, uh, overall, I thought it was an enjoyable episode. I can get, though, why uh, people, in particular Prince, mentioned that it was kind of fillery. So, I I completely understand. So, before we get into our thorough recap of the latest episode of Scream Queens, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So let's get into it. We pick up exactly where we left off with uh, Chanel Oberlin announcing that there's a new serial killer. And that new serial killer is... Chanel number five. She accuses Chanel number five of killing Tyler. She also accuses Chanel number five of having been one of the killers from last season because, you know, she just had to have killed somebodies. And uh, number three suggests that Hester, they need to get her into the hospital. We need to find those expired beauty products and we need to get her room in this hospital because she seems to know what's going on. And, and Chanel's like, no, you know, we can't have her here. She's going to try to kill us. And so they all decide to store Tyler's body in the meat locker again. But number three is like, but whenever we did that last time, the bodies kept on disappearing. And then all of a sudden, we have uh, Dr. Kathy Munch appearing. 
and she asks what's going on and so they cut to the Chanel's and Munch they are bringing the stretcher that has Tyler's body through a dark hallway number five wants to call the police but Munch fears that the publicity of all these crimes and this whole serial killer thing with the hospital will force them to shut the hospital down and of course munch can't have that she's like you know she might die and they're like what and she's like oh i'll die because of all the money that i put into this uh, she doesn't let them know about the the uncurable disease that she has and so they push the body outside into the swamp and they're ready to toss tyler's body into the swamp number five has a moment to say goodbye to tyler and uh, when she hugs him, his body sort of like... Uh, Throws up? <laughs> basically. I didn't know how to put it, but yes. Much to Chanel Oberlin's surprise. And uh, Munch suspects that one of uh, the staff must be involved in this, must be the killer. And uh, she even suspects the Chanel's and uh, the four toss Tyler into the swamp. Uh, there was an interesting camera angle that made it appear as if someone was watching them. And Munch tells—I know, right? Munch tells them all not to speak of this, and she leaves. And uh, Chanel number five obviously is still heartbroken, but the other Chanels tell her to get over it. So let's talk about this opening scene with now another body getting tossed into the swamp. I feel like this is going to be a reoccurring theme. Yeah, Wait, the swamp might be the, the new meat locker. Was the the person that that? There's only been one, right, dumped into the swamp, and that's the person in the past that might be the green meanie? That we know of, yes. Yeah, as of right okay. now. Just needed to put those two together. Well, because, it... well, because one body's missing, the other one was decapitated. All, I, all I've got to say is that this show's pretty good at, like, if it's going to retread its, like, same format, it calls that shit out. Because, what was it, Chanel number three was just kind of like, we, we put everybody in the meat locker and virtually all of them were taken away yeah then no, that was hilarious because it was true it was I'm, I'm glad that they are self-aware that i like that and it makes it even funnier so and back in okay. we think they are that they noticed yeah no uh, yeah and i like that i mean we all think that they they're sort of oblivious to everything that's going on around them but they notice stuff even though they are very over the top about their feelings i mean they they know what's going on so back at the hospital we see chad radwell's friend randy testing out to see if anything scares him and he is amazed that he is cured uh, apparently all those lava lamps calmed him down enough so he, that uh Nothing around him seems to startle him into a uh, screaming fit. So he leaves his room, and he's like, hey, you know, my screaming stopped. I think I'm cured. What's going on? And, of course, it's one of those creepy, dark, you know, with the light flickering hallways, and no one is around. Then suddenly, the elevator doors open. Ding! And I think we all knew what was coming. There is the green meanie. This time with like a hook shaped machete. Like it's like almost like a sickle type of thing. Right? Is that what we would call it? Yeah. It looks yeah. Like, like a wheat thresher or whatever the fuck it's called. Like Something from that. the farm. Yeah. yeah. That's what they would see in the farm. Yeah. 
Exactly. And so he's like, oh, okay, you know what? You're not going to startle me. Is this some sort of test? What's going on? But it's okay, you know. You do look kind of creepy, but you know what? You're not scaring me. I'm not screaming anymore. I'm good, you know. I, I feel strong. I'm healthy and everything. And he even approaches the green meanie. And the killer violently slashes Randy's chest and in the beginning, he's kind of, like, okay with it. Like, he, he doesn't seem to be in pain, but once he slashes it for a second time... Yeah, the first slash, he just, like, ate that. I was like, um, bro, like, that skin deep, like... I know, he really... It was almost like the adrenaline must have taken over, because that was kind of weird, because he was kind of, like, okay with it. It wasn't until the second time that he starts screaming and, and yelling for help and all this kind of stuff, and then the green meanie slices and dices him even more, and then we assume that he was killed by all those slashes from the green meanie. Now, did we like that Randy died? He actually made it to two episodes, if you think about it. Yeah, but his only lines were screaming before that. So again, yeah, they were only I, like, I feel like screaming. we didn't get to know him. Plus, on a super like superficial note, he's really cute. Colton Haynes is really cute. Stop killing off cute guys. Like I, I want to see more of them on the screen. I want to have a handsome off with all of these gentlemen that are coming on the show. Except maybe not Colton Haynes' character right off the bat because. That that guy really did look like the grapes and fucking Fruit Loops. That was great. Right. I love that Fruit joke. Um, I did like that he lasted too, but like Priscilla said, we didn't know nothing about him. Now, if it was like Colton Haynes, who we learned a little bit about, or like Chewbacca Girl, who we learned a little bit about, Chewbacca and they Girl, two episodes, it would have been like, all right, that's word. Like now we're content. You've made you know you've made us content with you know keeping a patient alive. But either way. You kill the patient, which leaves no patients. So it brings our total back down to zero. I know, right? Like, they've had some successful patients, but they have no proof of their success, which is kind of sad. I'm like, maybe if they could get, like, maybe a batch of, like, ten, like, you know how we had the sorority girls? We had, like, we got to watch them get picked off. Like, maybe if they started us off introducing us to, like, all ten patients or something like that. And then start picking them off, it would have been, like, a little bit more better. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, I mean, this is a working hospital. There have got to be more patients there. I, I think the ones that we've seen are, like, the incurable disease people. But there have got to be other patients there. Because we've seen the hospital before, and, and there's obviously, like, Nurse Hoffel and all these other nurses that are there. So there've got to be like other patients there that the green meanie can pick off at some point. One would think at least, yeah, right? Absolutely. And like even if he just picks them off just to pick them off just to like show his presence, like that would be content. Like I'd be content with that. Just, you know, show us more than who you're just introducing us to. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. So Munch and the Chanel's, they visit Hester at the asylum again, and they demand to know who the killer is. Like, who's the killer? You need to tell us. You know who it is. And they explain that the killer has killed two, and that there's another patient that's missing, a.k.a. Randy. And so Hester basically repeats that uh, the clues are, like, right in their faces. Like, they, you know the clue to who the green meanie is is right there you know they just can't see it and so she once again she demands to be transferred to the cure institute and for all the stuff that she wanted you know she obviously she wants a room with the view and all this kind of stuff munch is like nope 
and uh, she even gives her a VHS copy of um, the film A Room with a View, which I thought was very that was clever. So that was the props to you, Dean. Ever when she Doctor Dean when she slammed that video on the window, it said, oh, "Yeah, that was fantastic." Your demands. Shit in a in a world of in a world of Blu-ray, you give someone a VHS. That's a slap in the face. <laughs> Well, do you really think that there's a Blu-ray player in the asylum? I'm just saying. I think she just gave her the VHS tape without a VHS at all. I think that's all she's getting. (laughs) Well, that could have been it, too. Yeah. So, Hester, Hannibal Hester, says they're running out of time, and that the more that they wait for the transfer, that the more outrageous her demands are going to get. And the more that the green meanie will kill. I mean, she even demands a timeshare condo and all this kind of stuff, but she kind of gets rebuffed by them, and uh, Chanel demands to know, you know, reveal to us who the killer is, and Hester tells Chanel that her skin is dry and needs some uh, cream, and in particular, she calls it, she says she needs some S-Run cream, and then uh, the Dean gets a text, and she says, well, don't worry, you know, I just got a text from Chad Radwell, and he says he knows who the killer is, so we don't need you. And they leave, and obviously Hannibal Hester is not happy at all. I am loving what they're doing with Hester this season. I love that she, she being Leah Michelle, gets a chance to just go all out and be batshit crazy. Yeah, it's hilarious. I think, like, I live for, like, the Hester meetup scenes, to be honest with you. Because she's batshit crazy. Yeah. And I think the demands are just hilarious. I think, like, I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking, Hester? Like, really? Like, what made you think of these demands? Like, some of them. Like, they're so far-fetched and out there. Yeah. It's just, it's off. Completely. She makes dumb, though, as a viewer, because she's like, the the clues are all there. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'm missing something. How the fuck? It's right there in your face, and you guys can't figure it out. And I'm like, "Fuck you, Hester." <laughs> As a side note, yeah. too, I love the jokes in the background. Like when they start walking in, like I think it's like Chanel number three, like gives a kiss to one of the insane asylum. Like when she blows one, <laughs> yeah, that's... no, yeah, she like blows a kiss over to them. Like what the fuck is going on? Just like when they threw the birthday cake at them the last time. And she started eating yeah. it. Like, and she ate it. One, and she eats it off of her. Yeah. <laughs> like Chanel number three is awesome. I think if any Chanel needs to ever survive, it's her. Yeah. Uh, this it's just they're all of them are fantastic in in their own unique kind of way. And I loved how they approached Hester this time. She was like, "We're not here, you know, as this. We're not here because of that. We're here because we are Chanel's." You know, and I'm like, Re- "Do you really think she's thinking like that right now?" Right. No, she's. Like, I thought that was funny. No, she's like that shit crazy. But it, like, it was like smart for them to try to use it as their ploy. Yeah, but obviously it didn't work. So heading back to uh, the Cure Institute. Uh, Chad is basically giving his theory as to who the killer is, and he accuses Holt 
of being the killer and he explains the whole thing that we learned in the previous episode about Holt's serial killer hand and he's like well of course you know haven't you seen those movies where someone gets a hand and then the hand is possessed and then the hand ends up killing everybody and so of course it has to be Holt you know it's one of the most notorious serial killers hands so you know he's the serial killer he's killing everybody you need to get rid of him and I need to be with Chanel and so they get into an argument about their sperm and uh, Munch, you know, well, he actually ends up like filling Holt in that he's slept with both women that are in the room, uh, Chanel and Munch. And uh, Chanel ends up actually defending herself and basically saying, you know what? I am go- I'm choosing me, basically. I'm not going to choose you. I'm not going to choose rich versus richer. I'm not going to choose you versus the other. I choose myself. And then Munch, you know, ends up interjecting and stating that uh, Chad was the worst lay that she ever had in her life. Because I guess that was relevant to the conversation. Because he was. Like, she fucking complained about it season one, so it's a great callback. But, um, I fucking love how Dr. Holt, like, comes up with a joke out of nowhere. He's just kind of, like, when Chad is mentioning, like, hey, he, he's got the hand of a murderer. He just kind of looks at Chanel and is like, no, no, it's not true. Yes, he did. And she was like, yeah, what about that idle hand thing? He's like, oh, I just like to put on, like, plays and stuff. And I was like, freaking idiots. No, and he apparently he's got the most expensive sperm or whatever the like. That was that was hey, beautiful. Buddy, the most, the most requested. Uh, requested. That shit. Oh god. It's a whole lot of jism. Mhm. They're gonna have a sperm off. <laughs> They're gonna have a sperm off. Yes. I'm like only Chad can think of these crazy terms that like yes. go so far beyond where they should be. Yeah. Speaking of a whole lot of jism, we have our new patient. <laughs> played by Sherry O'Terry of SNL fame. And uh, she has uh, an odd syndrome. Basically, she is like a chronic orgasm receiver. She uh, she has a, a persistent real, yeah, persistent general arousal disorder. Yeah, I've seen that on TV. Yeah, I saw it on TLC. Like Yeah. So I, oh God, oh, I, was, I was just glad to see Sherry O'Terry. Like, I heard that she was going to come out this season. And I was like, when? When? I love her. I loved her on SNL. So, like, to see her and to see her have, like, fucking funny-ass syndrome, like, it's great. Yeah. So poor Sheila. Uh, she's a yoga instructor. And, and, and after teaching a class and getting into a particular position, she has like uncontrollable uh, orgasms every few minutes it's several hundred during the day and uh, she would like this uh, affliction to stop because it's ruined her life she can't go anywhere she can't do yoga she can't do this that the other her husband left her realizing that she had been faking her orgasms <laughs> throughout her entire marriage which I, I guess that's what ends up happening i don't think lava lamps are going to cure this but um dr cascade 
you know, is in charge of this case, and um, he's going to figure out how to cure her. So later on, Cascade and Number Three are together. They're cleaning up uh, the morgue uh, because apparently some guy named Chad Radwell was practicing hand surgery by chopping off Cadavers' hands uh, in the morgue, which I thought was interesting. And um, they're... Number three and Cascade open up to each other because Chanel number three explains to Cascade how she doesn't feel alive. She doesn't feel anything. If she could feel something right now, she'd be crying. But she she doesn't feel anything inside her. You know, she has no emotions. And so Cascade reveals to her about something that happened to him. And uh, apparently when uh, he was a junior after... Um, I think it was a, a lacrosse game or something, or a lacrosse party or something like that, or something with the lacrosse team. Uh, he ended up getting wasted, and uh, he had always been told that if you're wasted, you can't s- fall asleep on your back, because when you vomit, you will choke on the vomit, and then you will die. Well, as, you know, he's drunk as a skunk, and they... The, his lacrosse teammates toss him on the bed and he's laying on his back. He ends up vomiting, but the next morning he wakes up and he's covered in vomit, but he's still alive. But he notices that his life is completely different. You know, dogs uh, don't bark at him anymore. He can't get warm and all this kind of stuff. So he confesses to her that he is dead. Uh, as as. I get why they're doing it because, like, aha, he was on Twilight and he was a werewolf and now he's a vampire. Now he's a vampire in essence because he's dead. But I was more interested in the fact that, like, Chanel mentions that she can't have orgasms or she's never had one. (laughs) She just looks really apathetic about it, like she always does. And he's like, "Hmm." yeah, that she thought that the grunting was for to tell him to get off that you were done. (laughs) Yes. Oh god, that that throw up though was gross. Today this this was the episode of throw up because the corpse threw up and so did he. Well, I know right, it was so a recurring gross. theme. So gross. I wonder if he's well, he says he's dead. I wonder if he just has one of those quote-unquote incurable diseases. Could you imagine if it's Chanel number 3 that figures it out and she cures him? Well, she showed this episode that she's pretty smart. Yeah, and that kind of I'm with you on that one. I was like, dude, like, you threw up in your sleep. Like, I think you would have known if you started choking. Think you no. says the expert. Well, I would think you would have recollection. I was just saying. I, I every time I choke, I know I'm choking. Oh, okay. Oh my. That's uh, <laughs> sharing a bit much with us, hey, uh, Prince. If Jimi Hendrix died like that way, according to the episode, I didn't know that. Then. I guess, like, other people can, too, and not realize it. This, although, I'm, I'm fairly certain you're right in that he has an incurable disease, but that would suck because we've seen all of these episodes. If you have an incurable disease and you're cured at that institute, you're going to die. Yeah. Hashtag facts. Very true. So, we have another scene in which Chad and Holt meet in the showers. And, uh, basically, the point of the scene is for Chad to, well, not only compare penis sizes, but to let Holt know that he will be the one 
that will find his hand replacement and that he himself is going to perform the surgery. Why he thinks this can happen, I don't know, but this, of course, is the Scream Queen's universe. But he feels that because this is a teaching hospital, he's going to learn something from doing the surgery himself on Holt. And for those that were wondering about the penis size contest, uh, there was a tie. Because apparently, uh, as Chad said, their junk is the same size. <laughs> as you would know, like, one of the lines that I laughed my ass off about, and it... It it wasn't even like fucking that funny now that I now that I think about it. But like when he's just there, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Just airing up my scrotes, bro." No, I thought that. <laughs> yes, I love how he had to repeat it. He like said it a few times too, which made it. Well, because that you know that's not the typical thing that people hear, and so I can understand Holt's confusion. Like, what? He's just airing up my scrotes. I'm like, oh, okay. There- that's a thing, apparently. Also, like, just as, like, a side note to, like, the plot, I feel like this is the second time... I, I get that, like, it's a shower scene and yay, fan service for us. But, like, I feel like there's a reason why they keep panning to his tattoo during, like, oh, absolutely. the scene. Because he says it's Harvard and it's not the Harvard emblem. And he says it's a Harvard Interesting. emblem. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no, I, I, our, our roving reporter, Prince Rico Suave, I like that. Oh, He's well, done the research. Not even that. I used to take classes there, so um. <laughs> well, excuse me. What about? We ain't gonna fool me. I was like, um, that's not the Harvard emblem, unless they're like not allowed to use it. Well, that could be it too. Maybe they created their own Harvard emblem. Yeah. I or maybe not, because sure it is that, true that the they do pan to it. Yeah, but the way they're panning on. It's like whenever he gets out the shower, it's usually with his back. And like they, or he turns around really quick, and so like there's there's a focus on that tattoo, and it's like it's also that. like really big and gaudy. Yeah, I think we're gonna learn about that. I think like during like Zayday's investigation, she's gonna come across like that emblem. Okay, interesting. A secret society. Speaking of Zayday, Munch, her Chanel nurses, Zayday, and our homegirl, Den- detective. Special agent, I was about to call her detective, special agent Denise Hemphill, visit the house of uh, the only living witness of the Halloween massacre from the 80s. So this individual was one of the nurses. They became extremely rich because uh, they uh, patented... uh, a cream called Esrun cream. And so Zayday, with her detective skills, as Prince mentioned, she she did a little bit of research on Esrun cream and uh, it just, you know, everything sort of uh, pinged together and it led them to this home. And so uh, we are introduced to uh, the sole survivor by the name of Lynn Johnston. And uh, he explains how... Um, he had just started taking psyllium husk supplements, and let's just say everything was running through his system during that Halloween party. So while he rushed to the bathroom to take what we can only assume was a massive dump, and uh, as everything was leaving his system, literally, and, and he was, I guess, um, screaming in uh, agony or, or, or the pleasure of everything shooting out um, he, he did not yeah it was, oh he, he was, was singing doing vocalizations to help yeah, he was doing vocalizations well there you go 
uh, as he was doing vocalizations to make sure everything comes out, uh, he did not hear what was going on outside. And when he left the restroom, he noticed that everyone on that particular floor was dead. Patients, hospital staff, everybody was dead on that floor. And uh, he has his own theory as to who the killer could be. He said that he believes it is the wife of this patient, a particular patient. And it's the patient that we know, but this is now the patient that they're being introduced to um, on, on the show. He explains that the previous year, there had been the murder of a patient. It's the person that we saw in the premiere episode. Nurse Thomas had confi- confided in him a couple weeks earlier before that Halloween party and and, um, she was very fearful of Halloween because of everything that happened and what they did. So he believes that the killer is the the wife of the patient. And uh, he also had explained that she was pregnant and so everyone else kind of is like, well, maybe it could also be the baby because the baby would be 30 years old. Yes. And so they start, you know, when they return and they start talking about who it could be, they start spouting, you know, names. They're like, okay, well, do you think it's Cassidy? Do you think it's Chamberlain? Do you think it's burm, burm, burm? Chad Radwell and everyone's like Chad Radwell he can't be him he's our age and uh, Denise fills them all in that when they were hooking up Chad confessed to her that he was held back in second grade eight times god damn the second grade how like, dumb are no, you no offense to people who got like held back in the second grade I feel sorry for you but what the fuck do you learn in the second grade that's so goddamn hard? Eight goddamn times? I feel so bad for Chad Redwell, but he's so dumb. Like, I, I, I can kind of see how that happened. Yeah. And they also said that one of the reasons why he also fits the killer's description is because he's about six feet tall, which is what they said, uh, you know, is about the height of the green meanie. But the fact that he got kept back in the second grade eight times, you should just know he's not smart enough to freaking, like, really get away with this. Or maybe it's all a front, and he's been smart the entire time. No. No, he's not. (laughs) Eight times? I don't know. No. He's he's dumb as a bag of rocks. He's real dumb. I think we're doing a good job, though, with our predictions, because they kind of gave the names that we think, which I thought was kind of neat. I thought it was kind of weird, and this is just bad super sleuthing, but still, like, that Zayday was really surprised that it could be Chamberlain. Like, she acted almost, like, too surprised. Like, it's Chamberlain? No! He's my friend! Like, are you involved in this somehow, Zayday? I think I, I think Special Agent Denise Hemphill has, like, started to, to start, started to influence me, because I'm kind of suspicious of Zayday. Especially after oh, you mean episode. that's some good sleuth in Zayday. Some too good of a sleuth mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Denise Hemphill. She's rubbing off on you, Priscilla. P number one. You know, if it's her, it's not bad. It, it could have been worse. It could have been Chad Redwell's rubbing off on you. And then I'd be like, fuck. Damn it. I don't want to be dumb. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's too much. Well, speaking of Chad, 
Chad, after having like another chat with Holt and, and that kind of thing, he ends up proposing to Chanel Oberlin in the park with mariachis and everything, even pulling out a gigantic prenup and all this kind of stuff. But Chanel doesn't really pay attention to it. She feels like this is her fairy tale come to life no matter what. Although the, the moment right when she arrives at the park was hilarious because she was like, I brought a stun gun because I thought you were the killer because you've never asked me to a park and you've never asked me to talk a lengthy conversation. We've never had a lengthy conversation in the entire time that we've known each other. But she goes with the flow and she gets proposed to. And she uh, says yes, of course, as she should. And uh, as... Uh, Chad embraces Chanel and, and gets ready to kiss her. He notices that Holt is lurking behind a tree, watching the proposal from afar. But after they kiss, he looks back up to see if he's still there, and he's not. Creeper be creeping. Like, that was... I know, right? Chad Radwell totally took his idea. Like, he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna propose to her. And Chad beat him to it. But you know what? You should, he, Mick Scream, he should have never let Chad know his plan. You don't tell an idiot your plan, especially since you know he would have never came up with it on his own. I love that phrase, Mick Screamy. This is that is perfect for this for this series. You've done good, right? number two. <laughs> yes, that's so funny. So Chanel is ready to plan her wedding. She's got the rock, and it's a special whore cut for those that are out there you know, wondering. It's got its own Wi-Fi hotspot and LoJack system and everything. And um, she uh, talks to the Chanel's. She asks Chanel number three to be one of her bridesmaids. She asks, which this surprised me to be quite honest, Zayday to be one of her bridesmaids. And then she asks Chanel number five to be the ring bearer, but not just a regular ring bearer, because right now doggies as ring bearers are all the rage. So she asks Chanel number five to dress up in a dog suit and to uh, walk on all fours and to carry the ring on a pillow that's strapped to her back like a saddle. I think it's just to dig it into Chanel number five more that nobody likes her. She's, I, I don't, we've obviously been more close, Chanel number five, but we're not close. Zayday's more close than I am. She'll be a bridesmaid. You right. Like, can, can you, when she said that line, she was like, we're not even that close. I was like, that it was fantastic. Ice cold. That was so good. <laughs> On the other side of things, Chad makes a surprising decision, and he's like, you know, I've lost all my friends, all my friends seem to die, I don't really have anybody, Holt, will you be my best man? And Holt is surprised, of course, as he should be, and after, like, talking and all this kind of stuff, and even, uh, even, I think, Chad confessing that he knows he's going to cheat and, you know, they're probably going to get a divorce and all this kind of stuff. And Holt is like, well, don't worry, I'll be there after the divorce to be able to, like, pick her up and put her back together and to have sex with her a billion times. But as all this stuff is going on, Chad needs help putting his bow tie on and uh, he asks Holt to help him and... Uh, it almost looked as if Holt was ready to strangle him with uh, his serial killer 
hand. But uh, it doesn't go that far just yet, at least. Uh, he, he did put the bow tie on a little extra tight, though, for him. Yeah, I, I don't know how to tie bow ties, so I don't... I have no fucking clue if that's as tight as you need to make it, but that looked like he was choking him for a while, like he was going to kill him. Oh, no, that was attempted murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, no doubt about it. It was attempted murder. I fucking, sorry, I, I loved the line where he's just kind of like, I wanted to save my brothers for the second wedding because that's the one that sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they were if they were busy or not, so he's like, I didn't want to bother them, because the second one, that's the one that matters. That's the one that sticks. I was like, dude. I know, that right? Sucks. I, love, ring, I love the brothers last season. They're dumb as hell, too, so I, I was hoping to see them again, or or maybe his, his mom. Was it Bunny or something? Like, she, they were... Alan Thick is his father. Like, I wanted to see them again. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were great. So let's check in on uh, Sheila, our orgasmic friend who is suffering with persistent genital arousal disorder. So after doing some research with uh, Chanel number three, we uh, learn that it was because of the weird yoga move, that that's why she has been uh, orgasming, like all the damn time that apparently the move uh, stimulated her pelvic nerves and it ended up inflaming uh, a ligament and that's what's causing the uncontrollable and constant orgasms so Cassidy and uh, number three end up taking uh, Sheila to surgery and they end up curing her and uh, like right there in the damn OR, they start making out and they start, you know, getting ready to bang. But they fortunately, for Sheila's sake at least, uh, they take it into the bedroom and um, it's there. Well, Chanel number three has an issue with the music. Uh, she didn't want R&B because it's not really bluesy. It's more of the rhythm and the rhythm drives her crazy and that kind of thing. And then she didn't want... Um, New Jack Swing because it reminds her of the movie New Jack City and that reminds her of Wesley Snipes and so there's like this whole thing but they end up not getting it in literally because um, you know because Chanel number three still has you know a bit of trepidation over it and they end up discussing his whole being dead thing and it seems as if uh Chanel number three doesn't believe it, although, you know, whenever, when they're kissing and stuff, and, and she touches him, you know, he is ice cold, and so he ends up grabbing a thermometer, puts it in his mouth, and uh, the temperature that reads, I believe it was 61 degrees, right? Yeah, I, I, all I remember is... Like, yeah, and so she was like, you really are dead. Yeah, I like... She just kind of, like I love the little like faces that she gives like the this well this guy's hot like her her weird silly faces are what makes this show and like the little touches too like the little gloves that are on her earmuffs during like that surgery scene or afterwards her like weird I, I don't like R and B because it had like the rhythm isn't what's important and like the blues like it's it's nothing like blues music like. 
You're 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 right. If somebody if one of the Chanel's had to die, I really like would hope it's not her. Right? Like she she's just like unique. She stands out like with subtle things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like her a lot too. I mean she can do a lot with very little, which is always really good. So let's check in on our orgasmic patient. Sheila has been cured. She even got a balloon, you know, to prove that she's been cured. And she's so happy. She's so thankful. She's like, I've already called the news media, and I'm going to share my story with them. I'm going to tell them about you two. I'm going to tell them about the Cure Institute. I'm so happy. I'm so wonderful. You know, you all saved me. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And poor Zayde... When she gave her the balloon, she was like, oh, you know, this is the first time we've ever given one. And she says something, you know, like, you're the first one to survive. And she's like, what? And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. And so as they're walking through the hall, it's Zayde, Chamberlain, and Sheila, out pops the green meanie. And the green meanie throws the scythe down the hallway, and it decapitates Sheila and uh, her head falls on top of uh, Chamberlain's cart, and then the green meanie approaches both Zayday and Chamberlain, and uh, the meanie uses the, the sickle thing to slice into Chamberlain, and Zayday's not having it anymore. She's like, come on, bitch, bring it. And the green meanie stares Zayday down, and then runs away. Yeah. And then Zayde goes down to Chamberlain. And she's like, you need a lot of stitches. And Chamberlain's like, why didn't he do anything to you? Why were you spared? Yeah. But th- that that kind of like takes away Zayde from the killer the, the killer possibility board. Because she, she was about to square up against that guy. She's like, all right, bring it. So... This isn't her first time standing up to the yeah. villain, the big bad, the big killer, and the killer not doing yeah, she anything. She doesn't have any her. Oakland nachos to save her this time. I know, right? Well, let's continue on with Zayde because there's another short scene. So after everything that has happened, Hannibal Hester has been transferred to the Cure Institute. She's now in the basement, and Denise. Uh, special agent Denise and Zayde are there and basically Hester's like why am I here now and Zayde explains everything that's gone on all the killings and that she stood up to uh, the green meanie and she needs to know why was she spared you know why was I spared and uh, Denise is like yeah and th- that's that'll be the last death in this hospital there's going to be no more deaths in this hospital and Hester is like too late the killing will continue and so we jump from the basement to the chapel and uh, it is chanel and chad's shotgun wedding and everything seems wonderful and perfect we have uh, the maids of honor the bridesmaids uh, you know throwing flowers all around. I love the look that Zayde and Denise give each other when she's walking down the aisle. I, th- I thought it was funny. Yeah. And uh, we have... I'm just, Wait, go I'm, ahead. I'm just saying, like, bef- before, like, we went off, like, remember Hester gave that weird, like, 
sort of vague thing where it's just kind of like the that you think that there's another that, that there's not another victim and she starts laughing uncontrollably like that gives me that's creepy yeah, yeah. i fucking loved her line where she's like shut up you homely bitch i was like oh my fucking god Oh, that was good. Oh my god, that was hilarious. I think I think we said this last time, but Denise and Hester together, they didn't have any scenes together no, in season one, and I'm loving their hilarious. scenes together this season. Mm-hmm. Just that like so speaking good. of somebody that does so like so much with so little, Denise Hemphill like does it. It's it, what was it like in in Florida? She's like, I'm getting a little damp in the crack. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Yes. <laughs> to quote Denise, that's creepy. So they're walking down the aisle. I mean, even Chanel number five is there. She might not be on all four and with the the um, the ring on like a saddle on her back, but she does have a little bone doggy collar, which I thought was really funny. I don't know if anybody else noticed it. Yeah. yeah, she tried to hide it as she was walking down the aisle, but she's like, whatever, it just lets it show. It's a little pink collar That's too, too funny. so it matches with everything. It was. And as Chanel is walking down the aisle, our friend Kathy Munch comes on in and sits down to observe the wedding. And so everyone is at the end of the aisle. Everyone's confused. Where's Chad? Where is he? And uh, and they're like, isn't the groom supposed to walk down first? And uh, Chanel says that no, Chad told her that... He wanted her to walk down the aisle first, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and then all of a sudden, a drop of blood falls on Chanel's dress, and a little bit more blood, and she looks up, and uh, the um, mural that's painted above uh, is soaking red, and then down from the ceiling comes chad radwell's dead body no boom, boom, boom. Traumatized like that like we're not already hurting hey you said dead body we don't know that he's dead he looks pretty dead to I me hope i'm not. just saying like we know that he's dumb as hell but that's what makes him really funny to be around like and we're not gonna get any more of those weird shower scenes and we're not gonna get like Fine. anything else like Although, if we have the funeral as funny as Ariana Grande's funeral the first time around, it it won't hurt as bad if we lose him. Oh my god, right. No, I think they did, though, because I feel like if they had to kill an original person, it was going to be Chad. Well, I agree. I feel like they needed to have killed someone. And and I discussed this, like, when we thought maybe Chanel number 5 was the one that was going to be dead. Like, they need... Even though he isn't a regular this season, they, like, needed to kill someone off from season one just to show that the um, the stakes are higher this time around. And although I am sad that, that they tried it appears, at least, well. he's dead. They threw him in episode two just to, like, you know, try to, like, not the first episode because they were just trying to introduce the story, but they threw him in immediately after because I think they were trying to make him look like he was going to be a regular type thing. Yeah, but he was always listed as a guest. He was listed as a guest? Mm-hmm. Really? Aww. I, 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 I gauge whether or not they survive best ba- based on, like, how active they were on Instagram, on, like, their Scream Queens role, and he was pretty freaking active about it so it's just to hear that he was only a guest kind of sucks 
But Niecy Nash was also a guest last season. And Correct. She made it throughout the entire bit. Yeah, so she's maybe... still a guest this season. Mm-hmm. I know. They better not kill Denise. Like, if someone from season one had to die, let it be Chad. We can't lose Denise, too. Like, that, that, that would be too much for my spirit. Can I can I trade Chanel number five for Chad? Because I would have rather had him stay alive if I had to choose between one of them. I think Chanel no would have chose to of, that too. No shade to any I of think, the actors or actresses. Just Chad is so brilliant. God damn. I think they're not. I don't think they can kill Denise because of where she at. Where she is career wise. I think. Yeah, I think they'd actually have somebody really looking into the case if she went missing. Oh, well, that is true. But in this Scream Queens universe. Who knows? This to is be valid. quite honest. Who knows? Exactly. So let's choose our MVP for the episode. The most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most and why. You all know the rules if somebody chooses uh, your MVP. And then you have to select a different one. So we will start off with P number one. Oh, Mine, mine's really transparent. You know who it's going to be. It's Chad. Like, bearing in mind that it might be the last time I get to say that he's my, like, my favorite. He's also, like, his practicing of, like, cutting off hands, that weird bow tying scene, the shower scene, like, everything of his this episode was pretty fucking perfect. Even him proposing with freaking mariachis in the background with kids beating up a pinata. Like, ah. He's just the best, and if we lose him, I'm going to miss him. Aw. And uh, Priscilla, you actually just mentioned a scene that I that I didn't reference, but it, that was the scene where uh, Brock was basically like, you don't have to do surgery on my hands anymore because I couldn't possibly be the killer because it's, it's someone that has to be, at least what they're thinking, someone that has to be 30 years old. So, um, Prince, P number two. Who's your MVP and why? Um, Zay Day, because she bout it, bout it. She was like, yo, bitch, let's get it. I'm bout it. Let's get it. And I was like, yo, that's my, my ninja. <laughs> yes. Good, good choice. I agree. That's nice. All right now. So my MVP for the episode is uh, Chanel number three. And for all the reasons that were expressed in this episode, just her looks... Her accessories, whether she's, you know, dressed up appropriately for surgery or or not, Uh, her lack of orgasms, her uh, revelations with uh, Cassidy, blowing kisses, like everything about Chanel number three was on point this episode. And and of course, you know, we got to go with the facial expressions as well. I mean, she, she always brings it to these episodes. So... Now it's time for the big question. Who is the green meanie? And uh, the rules are you may select two people, so the green meanie and his or her accomplice. Why do you think they could be the green meanie? And uh, who do you think they are? So we'll go in the same order. P number one. I think the whole stabbing Chamberlain is a misdirect and that it is Chamberlain as one of the green meanies because they didn't kill him. And he's there to conveniently say, why why didn't he kill you? And the reason 
that they didn't kill Zayde is because the other green meanie is the mom of Chamberlain. I think it's Nurse Hoffel. And Nurse, uh, and Nurse Hoffel like, do, didn't kill Zayde because she doesn't want to kill the, the girl that her, her son likes. But yeah, okay. those are my two. Nurse Hoffel and Chamberlain. P number two. Um, are we allowed? Can I second that? Yes, you may. Oh, I, I, Priscilla hit it right on the head. She pretty much said everything I was going to say. Like, I think if this is how we're going to play, like, this is obvious, like Hester says, and it's right in our faces, that would be the obvious. Okay. And I'm going to echo as well. For this episode, I feel like it's Chamberlain and Nurse Hoffel. If at some point we get evidence that there's an additional person kind of like last season i would add in cassidy because i like the theory and i don't forget who said it last time it might have been wilson where he said maybe cassidy and chamberlain were friends growing up or something like that and that's how they connected and with his hatred of the treatment of like the medical system with his family and whatnot that maybe that's why the three of them hoffel chamberlain and cassidy teamed up to become the green meanie maybe because i still feel like if you have an actor like taylor lautner on uh, a show like this you're not just going to have him be, you know, like the romantic interest of one of the characters. He's got to have a bigger role and he's he's going to do something besides, you know, quote unquote, I'm dead, I think. Yeah, the although the the lack of chemistry he has with Chanel number 3 is perfect for the thing. Like their lack of chemistry together makes sense. So if it was just him being there for that reason, it's a pretty damn good reason. I like him as just a romantic interest. To be more would be fucking awesome. But if he's just going to be that the entire season, I I wouldn't be mad. Mm. I just feel like he's a movie star. Like they, They've got to give him more to do than just to be a love interest. Yeah, but you also but, have to realize after the break of where he is that like I could see them playing... Just the love interest. Oh, he's, he's still a big name. I would say he he's one of the one of the bigger names on yeah the the series as far as like in particular newbies and even you know comparing him to some of the the veterans. I mean, obviously Jamie Lee is an icon in her own right. So not including her, but out of like the young talent, I would say he's probably got the bigger name and maybe even the yeah. bigger bank account. Yeah, and Abigail so. Breslin are the only like movie stars in this. Yeah, like, I think right though, kind of. Well, like, Kiki um, was a movie star. I mean, she still is, but yeah. she was mostly in movies oh, yeah. before. Kiki's a movie star, singer, and TV actress. She does it all. Yeah. So I could see them because I still feel like Cassidy looks more like the man that played the father the the one that was tossed into the swamp so i could see them maybe having him be the child and maybe chamberlain they sort of brought in but i could also see chamberlain being the child 
and them bringing Cassidy into the mix. If they end up doing like what they did last season where there's, you know, someone that's an adult, you know, of age, you know, 40s-ish plus, um, who, uh, you know, sort of concocts this plan and, you know, gathers these wronged individuals and that kind of thing. And in this sense, it, it would be uh, their child and maybe a friend or something like that. But it's interesting. I think we're all in the same wavelength, though. So it'll it'll be nice to see if this is what Hannibal Hester is talking about. Like, this is right in her face, everybody. Right? Maybe? No? No, yeah. I, I It, it kind of blew my mind that she's like, it's right in front of your faces. And you guys are too dumb to notice it. So if it really is just like Chamberlain and Hoffel, like, I, I'm not going to second guess myself now and go for, like, the more crazy theory i'm just gonna go with what's like easy yeah and it would and it's chamberlain because last season ryan murphy was telling everyone in his interviews it's right in your face basically you know it's obvious you you know you would have known in episode one so if it's like that this season then i guess that's the thing that makes the most sense but i guess we'll find out as we continue along so join us next time for a brand new installment of are you afraid scream queens once again here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram twitter at poppy chula radio do you have any questions suggestions comments or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe thanks announcer co-hosts please wish the listeners a good night good night everybody good night everybody be careful for green meanies thanks for tuning in download new episodes of are you afraid scream queens every thursday via itunes and the poppy chula radio archives new episodes stream via poppychularadio.com every thursday at 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific good night